Amen. Well, good morning again. It is good to see everybody here this morning and looking forward to being in God's Word together. Order in the church, unwrapping our spiritual gifts. As we started a couple of weeks ago, it's important that we understand spiritual gifts. Because as we look into God's Word, it is spiritual gifts that allow the church to operate in a healthy and effective manner. So that means if we don't get this right, if we don't properly understand spiritual gifts, then we're not going to get church right either. And it matters because there's a lot going on in the name of spiritual gifts that's honestly just a whole lot of spiritual nonsense. The church at Corinth was an example of that in the Bible. The church at Corinth was so messed up in this matter that what we're going to find is by the time we get to 1 Corinthians 14, Paul makes the statement that he kind of hoped that unbelievers don't come to that church because if they did, the unbelievers would think they were just crazy. I'm going to tell you, that's not how spiritual gifts work. And so it's important, church, that we understand spiritual gifts. As we started this chapter a couple of weeks ago, we made a couple of uh, kind of introductory statements in understanding spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts were not the same thing as the gift of the Spirit. That's what we receive when we receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior. That's when the Holy Spirit of God comes to indwell us. And so it's not the same as the gift of the Spirit. It's not the same as the baptism of the Spirit. That's when the Spirit of God places us into the body of Christ when we are saved. It's not the same as the fruit of the Spirit. That's what the Spirit of God desires to produce in and through us as we live. It's also not the same as natural talent. And so the gifts of the Spirit are simply this. They are skills and abilities given supernatural enablement or assistance by the Holy Spirit to benefit the body of Christ. They are skills and abilities given supernatural enablement or assistance by the Holy Spirit to benefit the body of Christ. And so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about some basic understanding of spiritual gifts. Today, I want to talk about unwrapping our spiritual gifts. Because like anything, it's not profitable until it's personal. We recognize, yes, God has gifted the church. But I need to recognize that God has not just gifted the church. God has gifted me. And you need to recognize that, that God has not just gifted the church. And he's not just gifted the pastor. And he's not just gifted the Sunday school teacher. And he's not just gifted mom or dad. And he's not just given the, gifted the children's ministry workers. He has gifted you. And if you are a born-again child of God, you are gifted by the Spirit of God to do the work of God in the body of Christ for the glory of Christ. And so like anything, it's not profitable until it is personal. And so our goal today, as we look at these six verses or so, is for each of us to recognize how God has gifted you to receive it and then to commit to use it for his glory. If we're ready to dive in this morning, would you say amen? amen? All right, let's look at a couple of verses. We'll look at verse 7 and 11 to get started. The Bible says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to some men. Is that what it says? It is given to the important men. It's given to who? Every man to profit with all. 
Verse 11 says, But all these worketh, that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to, what is it, church? Every man severally as he will. I want you to understand first this morning as we begin to look at unwrapping the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to understand the Spirit's grace to us. The Spirit's grace to us. This is what I think we miss sometimes. The gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, are a form of grace that the Holy Spirit gives to us. In fact, the Greek word for grace and the Greek word here for gifts, they share the same root word. They are connected in a way that we cannot separate. And so spiritual gifts are a form of spiritual grace. Now, what is grace? Grace is, well, we could be theological and we could say grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved kindness, right? It's something that we didn't deserve, but that God in his goodness has given to us. Church, that's what spiritual gifts are. It is an act of God's undeserved kindness towards us. Think about it this way. In an act of grace, the Holy Spirit equips and enables believers to do God's work. It is a gift of grace. 1 Peter 4 and verse number 10 puts it this way. As every man has received the what? Gift. Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold. Oh, come on. Help me out this morning. As every man has received the gift we're gonna go back to the beginning all right I tricked you that's on me all right I tricked you as every man has received the gift even so minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God the gifts of the spirit spiritual gifts are a form of spiritual grace grace is undeserved kindness what does that mean that means undeserved means that it cannot be earned think about it this way the spiritual gifts that I have are not based on my good behavior because if they were based on my good behavior they would be earned and they wouldn't be gifts they are undeserved That means they cannot be earned. It also means that the spiritual gifts, not only can they not be earned, uh, but, but spiritual gifts cannot be demanded. It is the Spirit who does it as He desires to. We saw that in verse 11, that the Spirit divides to every man severally as He wills. Church, may we never forget that we are His workmanship. Ephesians 2 and verse number 10 reminds us of that. We are his workmanship. It is his work, his grace that does the work on us and in us and through us. We are his workmanship. We have to rest in the fact that he is the potter and we are the clay. And we rest in the fact that God is good and that God is gracious and that God is generous towards his people We need to rest in the fact that God knows what he is doing. Guess what? The Holy Spirit of God knows what this church needs more than I do. And believe it or not, the Holy Spirit of God knows what this church needs more than you do. The Holy Spirit of God knows what we need. 
And the Holy Spirit of God, in a beautiful way, is capable to pour undeserved kindness upon us, gifting each of us so that this church has everything it needs to operate in a healthy, effective manner for the glory of God. Amen? When we think about spiritual gifts, we have to start by understanding it is the Spirit's grace to us. It's not something I earn, deserve. It's not something that I demand. No, it's something that God in His grace gives to me, gives to us. And I need to rest in the fact that He knows what He's doing. Now, think about this, all right? Let's move on. Let's, let's, let's build a little bit. Since He gifts us in grace, according to his pleasure. You know what that means? That means comparing gifts among one another is a pretty dumb thing to do. Well, I wish I had her gift. I wish I had his gift. Guess what? I didn't do anything to deserve mine, and you didn't do anything to deserve yours. And so comparing what we have and don't have doesn't seem like a very smart thing to do. It's a gift of God. Romans 12 and verse number 3 reminds us, For I say unto you, through the grace given unto me. Here we go. Grace and gifts connected again. To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And so guess what? I don't look comparing or coveting what you have, and I don't look down on what anybody else doesn't have. Why? Because it is God in his grace that gifts us the way we are for his glory. Christmas is coming up. Now, what if we open gifts on Christmas morning? Yes, I give my children gifts on Christmas morning. What if they open the presents and they say, well, I don't want what I have. I want what she has. I want that. I deserve that. Hmm. Well, if my children said that, they would be in, a rude, in for a rude awakening because their daddy is a Baptist preacher. And I would probably respond with something like, son or daughter, I'll have you know there is none righteous, no, not one. That all have turned out of the way. All we like sheep have gone astray. You, you haven't deserved anything that you've gotten. In fact, son or daughter, if we got what we deserved, it wouldn't be the coal, it would be the fire. And so you be grateful for what you got. Now that, wouldn't that be silly for a young person, a child, to do that on Christmas morning? How silly is it then for Christians to look at their own lives and, well, I wish I was like him. I wish I was like her. I wish I had this. I wish I could do that. Why don't we stop comparing and coveting and just simply start appreciating the way that God has gifted each of us? Amen? Amen. Had a young man ask me one time to pray that he would get taller. I said, buddy, I'll pray, and I do believe in miracles, but I know your daddy. <laughs> and genetics is not on your side. It's easy to look at other people and think, boy, I wish I had, I wish I could, I wish I would. But I'm going to tell you, God doesn't need you to be me, and he doesn't need me to be you. God has 
created. And when He saves us, He gifts us exactly how He knows we should be gifted. Isn't that a beautiful thing? An all-knowing, all-wise, all-loving, all-powerful, Holy Spirit of God has in His grace gifted each of us just the way we were meant to be. And so as we consider this morning unwrapping our spiritual gifts, we have to start by recognizing that spiritual gifts are a matter of the Spirit's grace to us. Not something we earn, not something we demand. It is all of His grace. So, we've seen the Spirit's grace to us, but now let's, let's dive in a little bit and understand some of the Spirit's gifts to us. Did you notice, Paul gives us here a brief listing of some of these gifts in verses 8 through 10. Paul writes, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. And to another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So we have to understand about spiritual gifts, that they are God's grace to us. But then we have to understand some of the, some of the ways that that God does gift us. And and church, we do understand, according to God's word, that God blesses his church with everything that we need to thrive. Not just survive in the day and age in which we live, but God has blessed us with everything that we need to thrive. And God reveals in his word quite a bit about the different gifts that he gives to Christians. Uh, One person summarized it this way. We see many different gifts of speech. We see many different gifts of service. Uh, We see many different gifts of station or office. And I like some of those divisions, and there are many different ways that kind of break that up. Now, as we look in other places as well, we see different listings of gifts. Romans 12, for instance. Let's look at verse 3, and we'll move up, up through several verses here. Listen to some of these ways that the Spirit of God gifts us. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Verse 5, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophesy Prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. A lot of different gifts there. Ephesians chapter 4, we also see another listing of gifts. We have this kind of introduction in verse 8 where the Bible says, wherefore he saith, when he, speaking of Jesus, ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11 gives us a number of those gifts. And he gave some apostles, 
and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This would kind of be like the gifts of station or gifts of office. And so, yes, church, it does mean that uh, at this point in time that, that I am one of God's gifts to this church. And, and no, I don't think he gave you the return receipt uh, to take me back. So, or at least the 60 days have expired. Amen. But many different gifts. First Peter chapter 4 gives us another listing. We saw verse 10 a little bit earlier. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it with the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. So we see a number of different listings. Now here's what we find. Stay with me this morning. I know we're kind of teaching a little bit, uh, but it's good for us because these are things now we can take and use. The gifts here, they are unique and they do overlap. Now, I'm going to make a statement and you may disagree with me, but that's okay. Uh, We don't have to agree on this. I personally do not think these lists are exhaustive. Meaning, I think that they are more explanatory of the many different ways that God equips us to serve in the body. God uses us in so many different ways. We have some examples here. We talk about speech, words of wisdom and knowledge. What could that be, preacher? Well, it could be preaching and teaching God's word. But you know what else it could be? It could be counseling. How many of us from time to time have the opportunity to come alongside somebody we love and to give them counsel for life's troubles? It could be counseling. It could be mentorship. Words of wisdom and knowledge, you know what it could also be? It could also involve our job's parenting and grandparenting. Being able to apply God's word to life. We saw teaching and preaching, expounding, but also we saw exhorting, exhorting, encouragement, comfort. When you send that text message, when you make that phone call, when you make that meal, when you send that card. We saw the gift of the evangelist, gift of soul winning. We saw the gifts of service, gifts of ministry. That's being a helper in the church. So many people exhibited a gift of ministry last night, helping to arrange the parking lot, helping to bake cookies, helping to pass out hot chocolate and coffee, just walking and saying Merry Christmas, pushing people in wheelchairs, doing all those different things. Boy, just beautiful ways to minister, to help the church, to help the congregation, to help the community. We mentioned, uh, the Bible mentions giving and gifts and generosity. The Bible mentioned gifts of station, pastor, teacher, administrator, rulers and leaders, those that help to head up different parts of the ministry. In other words, what do you find? We find that God wants to use each of us in, in, in many different ways to do many different things for the sake of the body. It's not just the pastor that has spiritual gifts. It's not just the deacon or the Sunday school teacher. No, God has gifted you. Now, let me mention a couple of things here. First of all, we all have some responsibility in all of these. You cannot walk away from your responsibility just because you don't feel like you have the gift. I've heard Christians sometimes say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. So that means I'm never going to pass out a gospel tract. I'm never going to invite anybody to church. I'm never going to do any of that. Er, Wrong. 
Why? Because God has called all of us to do what? To be his witnesses. To be his ambassadors. And that is a call on all of us. I've heard people sometimes say, well, preacher, I don't have the gift of giving. And so I'm just not ever going to give to anybody, anything, anytime, ever. Er, Wrong. Why? Because God has blessed us. Why? That we might be a blessing. God has blessed us that we might be a blessing. And that goes for all of us. I've heard some people say sometimes, well, I'm not a leader. How many of us recognize if we stop and think about it, we're all leading somebody. We're all mentoring somebody. We're all helping to influence, to shape, to form somebody. And so we can't just wash our hands and walk away because, eh, I don't have that gift, so it's not my responsibility. Wrong. We do have responsibilities in these things. But what we're looking at is that we are all especially gifted in some things, and we are all uniquely gifted at certain times. And so as we stop to understand this, we see how the comparison of gifts and the covetousness of gifts are are not a wise thing to do, but neither is the spirit of competition between the gifts. It's not about whose gift is better. In fact, that's going to be one of the main problems we find here in Corinth, is, is everybody wanted to think their gift was better. It's not about whose gifts are better. It's about coming together to do what? Show the world that Jesus Christ is best. And so we have to understand that spiritual gifts is an aspect of the Spirit's grace to us. And that God has given all of us grace to do something in His church and for His kingdom. We have to understand as well uh, many of the different ways that the Spirit of God does gift us. I would encourage you, take some time. Uh, read in Corinthians, read in Romans, read in Ephesians, read in 1 Peter. Look at these passages on gifts. Study the different ways that God wants to use His people. So we see these things. We see the Spirit's gra- grace to us. We see the Spirit's gifts to us. Look at verse 11 and 12 this morning. The Bible says this, But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So we see the Spirit's grace to us. We see the Spirit's gifts to us. But finally this morning, we need to see the Spirit's goal for us. The Spirit's goal for us. The Spirit of God pours His grace on us. He gifts us. And then He places us into the body of Christ. And we're going to look at this next week. Many members, one body. Amen? Many members, but one body. And God places us in the body of Christ, and we have our place, and we have our purpose, because the Spirit has a goal for each of us and for all of us, and we are to work together to accomplish the goals that the Spirit of God has for us. So let's talk about what these goals are. First of all, church, God gifts us by His grace so that we can build the body of Christ. Now, I want you to listen to me when we talk about this. Look at Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. 
And he gave some apostles and some prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting, the growing, the maturing of the saints, so that the saints can do the work of the ministry, for the edifying, for the building of the body of Christ, until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Here we see again that every joint, every member, every man, every woman has a part. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. There's a lot there. But the summary is what? God gifts us to help one another, to grow one another, to mentor one another, to strengthen one another so that the body of Christ will be built. Romans chapter 1 verses 11 and 12 tell us this. Paul said, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. And Paul here mentions the spiritual gifts about establishing and grounding us, helping us. And so we are gifted and placed in the body of Christ, that we might work together to build the body of Christ. That means we help one another, we mentor one another, we grow one another. That means we are growing the body by working together to see people saved and baptized and join the church. It means we are co-laborers with God in building His church. Now, when you talk about building... Building is intentional and it is incremental. I'm going to make a statement and I hope you, you understand the heart by which I make the statement. We often talk about, hey, we're going to turn the world upside down. We're going to turn the world upside down. We're going to turn the world upside down. Sometimes I think we talk too much about turning the world upside down. In fact, that phrase is found like one time in the Bible. If that was God's regular course of action, I think we'd find that phrase a whole lot more in the Bible. Sometimes God does choose to turn the world upside down. And praise his name when he does, amen? When he does, I'd love to be a part of it, amen? But here's the problem. Sometimes churches and Christians feel like failures if they look at the world around them and they say, well, oh, we haven't turned Clyde upside down yet. We haven't completely uprooted Sandusky County yet. We must be failures if we haven't. Sometimes Christians feel like failures if they can't do what they used to do or do what they want to do. And so I do think that God at times wants to turn the world upside down. But I think perhaps most of the time God simply wants to build his church. And the way building is done, it's done intentionally. 
and it's done incrementally. Sometimes I think perhaps God just wants to build his church brick by brick, person by person, family by family, verse by verse, act of love by act of love, step of faith by step of faith, day by day, decision by decision, God just wants to build his church. And you know what? I cannot... I cannot will this community, this city, this state, this country to be flipped upside down in a state of all fire revival, can I? I can't will that to happen. But you know what I can do? I can be faithful to the place God has me. I can be faithful to the church God put me in. I can be faithful to the gifts that God has given me. I can be faithful to the opportunities in front of me. And by the way, we can all do that. Amen? All of us, when God gives us opportunity ought to be able to offer biblical counsel to one another in love. All of us, when God puts it on our heart, ought to be able to pick up our phones and make a phone call and tell somebody we love them and we're praying for them. All of us ought to be able to send somebody a text and just say, hey, I'm praying for you today. The Lord had you on my heart today. I'll tell you, and I've given the testimony before, one of the most meaningful things uh, that, 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 that I was able to experience the whole time I was going through my cancer treatments and things like that years ago was there there was one teenage boy, a teenage boy, teenage boys who really have no concept for like an emotional IQ. Like what? Let's be honest. Adult boys have no concept for emotional IQ and things like that. And all the women said, okay. (laughs) But one teenage boy who every time I went in for a treatment just texted me and say, hey, Mr. Holmes, I'm praying for you today. You know, that's the Holy Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit of God gifting somebody for the work of the ministry. All of us can send the text. All of us can send the card. Many of us can make the meal. All of us can pray. You know what? You know what? how God wants to build His church? He, he wants to build the church as we as mothers and fathers seek to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Sometimes we talk about the mission field, the mission field, the mission field, when perhaps the most important mission field God has given us is in those rooms right down that hall. It's in the young hearts sitting next to you. And perhaps more than God wants us to to turn Uganda upside down for the glory of God, perhaps God wants us just to reach our children for the gospel of Christ and teach them what it means to grow up and love the Lord and serve the Lord and find a husband or a wife who will love and serve the Lord with them and, and have babies with them and then they can teach their kids. And what are we doing? We are working, co-laboring with God to build His church brick by brick, person by person, family by family, day by day, step by step, act of faith by act of faith. All of us can do it. All of us can give. Well, I can't give as much. Who cares about so-and-so? All of us can give. And I'm not just talking about the offering play. Maybe, Maybe God leads you to say, you know what? I know this family's struggling. I praise the Lord. I've already had people come up to me and say, preacher, we want to help some families this Christmas. 
Isn't that a beautiful thing? What is it? That's the Holy Spirit of God putting it on the hearts of the people of God to do the work of God for the glory of God. That's what this is. That's how we build a church with God for His glory. Amen? Maybe you can't walk and pass out thousands of tracks, but you know what? You can pray over those tracks. Maybe you can't do all of the things you used to do, but God has put you in a position where you can give a little more than you used to do. I'm going to tell you, God has gifted you for the work of the ministry, for the building of the body of Christ. I think sometimes we look around and we're like, well, the world's not turned upside down yet. But maybe God's not looking for us to tear anything down. Maybe God's looking for us to build something up. To build a community. To build a congregation. To build a body. To build this body. We are building His body. And I'm going to tell you, church, that is a life well lived. That is good and faithful service. The Spirit's goal for us is that we are to build the body of Christ. One other thought here in the Spirit's goal for us before we're done. Not only are we to build the body of Christ, but we are also to display the beauty of Christ. Ultimately, the gifts of the Spirit, like everything else we possess in this life, is about bringing glory to our Savior. It's about Him. This isn't our body. This is His body. The pastor is not the head of this body. Christ is the head of this body. It is His body. He is our head. It is Jesus that holds us together. It is Jesus that keeps us moving in the same direction. It is Jesus that is greater than our differences. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. Church and spiritual gifts ultimately are not about me. And they're not about you. They're about Him. They're about Him. I've used this illustration before. But I think it's such a beautiful illustration. You think of the Olympics. You think of an Olympic sprinter. And they train. They train for years. And the day comes and they line up on that line. And they get down in their position. And then that, uh, uh, the gun or whatever it is sounds. I don't know if they use guns anymore. It could be triggering for some people. The horn sounds. And they take off. And they run, 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 run. And they lean and they cross the finish line first. Well, now, from a purely technical perspective, who did the work? Well, I mean, the legs had to pump pretty hard, didn't they? I mean, the legs, they were hitting and driving, hitting and driving. They, the legs were driving, they were working, they were pushing. The arms, I mean, the arms were doing some work, weren't they? Those arms were pumping. You, you ever see those runners? Man, they pump their arms. That, that momentum helps to propel them. Those arms are moving. Those arms are moving. You think about what else did the work. Well, man, them lungs did some work, didn't they? I mean, for that 100 meters, they didn't go, <gasps> No, they breathe, 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 breathe. That heart did some work, didn't it? It pumped, pump, 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 pump. I, I mean, the body was working. But when it comes time to give the medal... Where do they put the metal? Around the head. When they zoom in on NBC and they show the winners on that platform, they don't zoom in on the feet. Wow. Look at those feet. What an amazing job they did. 
you know, Jim, I heard three of their toes are crooked. And they still were able to run like that. That's amazing. What magnificent feet. They've overcome so much. They don't zero in on the knees. You know, Jim, those knees had to withstand so many cubic feet of pressure and da-da-da-da-da. Look at those magnificent knees. They don't focus on the, the chest or the arms. What are they focusing on? They focus in on the head. That's around that, the metal that's around that head. You know, that's what the church is like, too. You know, we're going to work. We're going to talk about the body next week. I'm excited to do that. But at the end of the day, remember 1 Peter 4.11? Look at that verse one more time, 1 Peter 4.11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God, that God, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. You know, when we preach and teach, I don't want them to see our preachers and teachers. I want them to see Jesus. When we give and when we minister, I don't want them to see our givers and our ministers. I want them to see Jesus. And when we're counseling one another and loving one another and mentoring one another and fathering and mothering and, and helping and doing all of those different things, serving in the nursery and serving here and serving there and passing out cookies and passing out coffee, when we're doing all these things, I don't want them to see harvest. I want them to see Jesus. And that church is the goal of the gifts to build the body of Christ. And to display the beauty of Christ. I want to ask you this morning. How has God gifted you? How has God gifted you? You know there's a lot of Christians that live in ignorance of spiritual gifts. And they don't really know how God has gifted them. But you know church it's important that we understand. And that we unwrap and we utilize spiritual gifts. Why? Because the gifts God has given you are not for you but for the person next to you. And if you are not unwrapping and using your spiritual gifts, the church and the world are missing out on a portion of what God wants to do. You say, well, preacher, I'm just... No, no, no. God has gifted by His grace every man and every woman for His glory. Here's the thought I want to leave you with as we talk about unwrapping our spiritual gifts this morning. When we embrace and we engage God's gifts to us, we then get to become God's gifts to others. When we unwrap our spiritual gifts, we get to become God's gifts to others.